You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. It is Tuesday, September the 29th, and we've got a crossover show for you guys today. I'm Lucas of Locked On Cardinals, and I'm joined by the wonderful Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres. How are you doing today, Javi? I'm doing fantastic, my friend. Absolutely fantastic. Better than ever, some would say. That, that's good to hear. We got postseason baseball to talk about, so we got to be somewhat happy. Absolutely. Padres and Cardinals start their wild card game tomorrow at 4 p.m. Central. I think that's 2 o'clock over there in San Diego, so... Let's just get right into it. Javi, for my listeners, what's like a you know quick 31-minute snapshot of the Padres season so far? Oh, man. Oh, man. I think it's been – it's just been kind of like a dream come true, I think, in a lot of ways for Padres <laughs> fans. They have not been good for a long time from going to Seth Smith being their literally best player in like 2014, 2013, whatever year. That was eight amazing players. You know, so it's been – quite the ride i like to take as much credit as i can for that just because i (laughs) just started hosting the podcast and now they've had their first good season in a while but i think it's just been kind of one of those seasons where i think um i think baseball needed a team like this i think they they need teams that you know are super exciting and they have a lot of young guys like tatis obviously we'll talk about it i'm sure uh, a little bit later on um it's just been so much fun man and it's been a team that Every time they're down, you just feel like they're they can still come back. You know what I mean? This is still a team that, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what the circumstance is, you feel like they can still win the game, and that literally has never been the case with the Padres. I mean, maybe even <laughs> even 2010, which was the last time they were close, and then 2004. It's not like those are offensive stud teams, you know. Last stud offensive team was like '96 or something like that uh, with Ken right. Kim and Eddie, and since those days, things have obviously changed, and now we just. It's funny because it's also been the season of a lot of players turning their outlook around, you know, from Myers and Hosmer are probably the front runners in that where there's just, you know, I infamously did a roast of Eric Hosmer with another lockdown host. (laughs) He was one of our best players this season. So it's just been exciting basically on all fronts. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the opposite of the Cardinals because the Cardinals are—they got all the headlines for for their COVID layoff and for the lack of offense and right. you know, is Mike Schilt the right manager and fire John Mozeliak, fire Jeff Albers, their hitting coach. And at the end of the day, that this team has a lot of pitching, and that's that's what defined their season. You, you had a not necessarily a resurgence because he pitched well last year, but Adam Wainwright looked like he did in 2010. Right. Um, you know, he was he pitched the stopper a lot. You had Dakota Hudson, who had a really strong year, who's now done with Tommy John. Their bullpen was electric with guys like Alex Reyes, Hansis Cabrera, and their offense did just enough to get the job done 31 times. Um, so I mean, I talked about it on my show yesterday, but but the Padres, they're gonna get the headlines. You know, probably all the experts and you know, including part of myself, probably is gonna go Padres in two or three. And that's fine. I said yesterday, give the Padres all the headlines they want. Do you think that plays almost into the Cardinals' hands to be the underdogs, or how does that affect the Padres, in your opinion, to be kind of the favorite in this series? So the issue is, so there's two things. One, yes, I definitely believe in the the just this headline thing um, every now and then. The good news is that it's at least like the reason they're making the headlines is because they're objectively such a fun team this year. It's oh, not exactly, like people are right. only picking them just because they're great, right? So I like that part exactly. of it. But I think you're right, and it's also, you know, you might be familiar with, 
we don't have a great history against you guys. <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of um, I talked about on my show all the potential uh, playoff teams because I wasn't exactly sure how the CD was going. And, you know, Marlins and Cardinals are probably the teams I was most afraid of. Cardinals because of the history, especially and because it's a, a pretty good ball club over there. Yeah, they don't have necessarily the offense, but they still got. You know, a couple guys in there that could, you know, just get hits every now and then, like Goldschmidt and Colton Wong and even Paul DeJong, kind of, who I remember having <laughs> a fantasy and letting me down all the time, right? So, yeah. you know, they still have some guys there and the history. And then the Marlins, it was like, a, I just don't want any problem with that team. That team might be the team <laughs> of destiny. So I just don't want right. to mess with that team, especially in a two out of three game series. Lucas, here's my take. Here's my take. I'm, I'm going to release it to the public. I think right. predicting or prognosticating this first round gauntlet is stupid. I think acting like it matters which team is better is stupid. It's literally if you win one game, that uh, it's all of a sudden the backs are against the wall. You know what I mean? So I don't think that mm-hmm. it makes sense to start being like, oh, well, this team is... It's like, no, that makes more sense for like a five-game series. But in three, I just... I really think anybody could be anybody so... If you're like a, I don't know, if you're a Vegas better, something like that, I would, I mean, that's not probably going to stop the type of people who bet on these games, but <laughs> I just, I would not be putting too much stake into, oh, the Dodgers are this kind of team and oh, the, the Cleveland Indians, they have the best pitch of the, you just, you just don't know. Someone could get lucky. Someone could have their first bad day. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Drew Pomerantz uh, against the the Giants, he gave up his like first run of the season recently uh so you like like i said you just never know when someone's gonna have a bad day so you could go in either direction and the cardinals definitely have a ball club that can contend with pretty much anyone oh i i completely agree with the uh you know three game series when you talk about guys making headlines my name goes immediately to fernando tatis jr i'm not sure there's enough i think he's the next mike trout in terms of taking the league by storm and just everybody talking about this guy what have you seen from fernando tatis jr to take that leap because last year he was an elite player but to take that leap this star that he is um well it's a couple things if, if in terms of just you know just the very blank kind of fun answer she's just more fun and he's playing on a team that's better <laughs> and you know it's been more exciting in that sense and he's he's gotten big hits but i think that from a more technical standpoint it's that he's been able to cut down on his whiff rate i think a lot from last year which you know one of the concerns about him last year is small sample size and also only played uh there yeah small sample size and struck out a whole lot Right. And usually that could be a, a little bit of a sign that maybe the batting average might dip a lot. Maybe this guy's actually going to hit like 250. Right. And which isn't awful by any stretch. So it's not like it was, you know, doom and we should all expect that this guy might actually be a busted. He's a one hit wonder. It wasn't like that, but it was definitely something to worry about. And this year, you know, if he swings for for the pitch, usually he's making contact, which is uh, one of the best things that's happened for him this year. And the other thing would probably be just a lot more consistent of a defender. Um, last year, what's funny, I, I made this joke before where like, I think Tatis, like, I feel like because a lot of when you look at his errors last year, it was a lot of throwing errors to first on fairly routine plays. So my theory is like been like, I wonder if it's just not exciting enough for him. You know, this is a guy who makes all these plays. Maybe he messes yeah. up these. He's like, oh, whatever. I got to throw it. Oh, no. And then he like forgets to like, you know, make sure he puts it all into this play. It's like not exciting right. enough for him per se. Right. I think Machado every now and then is like not that worth too. his time. Yeah, it's almost like, oh, please, come on. Give me something really hard to hit. You know what I mean? Then I'll make the play. Um, <laughs> yeah, but he's been really able to cut down. Teeter. Yeah, yeah. He's been really able to cut down on those kind of mistakes, uh, making a lot less errors this year. And he went like basically a little bit more than half of the season without making a single one and just making all these great plays, throwing the ball harder than most shortstops uh, in the league this year. 
Um, so just from that standpoint, he's basically just cut down and improved basically on every facet of his game. Although lately had been slumping a little bit until the San Francisco series where he hit a home run, hit, got a, a couple of hits for us. Um, so he'd been slumping a little bit, major slump, which is probably why he's out of the MVP talks, even though mm-hmm. it's it's one of those unfortunate things where everybody who watched baseball this year and pays attention to baseball is like, yeah, Tatis was the story, um, like almost no doubt. So it's it's right. a little bit unfortunate from there. Uh, but for my buddy, I still think it's I think maybe Machado should win the MVP. I think Freddie Freeman is great, yeah. but I think that it's more fun to give it to the Padres player. Um, well, of course, but no, 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 dis- no disservice to to Freddie Freeman. Yeah, no bias there. No, no bias there. Um, <laughs> Freddie Freeman has been absolutely outstanding though. So either way, it's a win win for baseball, honestly. Um, but yeah, I'd say those are probably the things that he's improved in the most, and just. Being able to, I don't know, be, be even more of a story. I mean, everybody knows mm-hmm. about the three O thing. I don't want to, you know, do that to death. But he was like, "Screw it!" His first play, Lucas. His first play. Did you know this? The first time he goes up against Jabot, whoever got mad at him for doing that, he just steals third. This guy is <laughs> totally unafraid and showing that everything he does is legit, and he's probably the star of the league or one of the three stars of the league for for mm-hmm. years to come. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the, the, the slump. I saw a video, uh, Instagram or Twitter or something, of his dad, like, going through mechanical things with him in, in their mm-hmm. living room the day before the San Francisco series. And like you said, he had two home runs. And his dad is actually also has cardinal ties as the only player in Major League history to hit two grand slams in one inning. Yep. So, I mean, both those guys have definitely uh, a flair for the dramatic, to, to say the least. So, <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Yeah. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. And best of all about those prices, they don't change at rockauto.com. They're always reliably low and same for the professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on on their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So moving on from like the specific players, I'll start with this one. Let's go kind of group by group here in terms of the offense. Mm-hmm. The offense, I think, wait, you can say it otherwise. It's advantage. Diego. I know we talked about the predictions are, are kind of odd in the three game series, but the advantage mm-hmm. and the offensive things and the names, the numbers just don't bode well. I had a, a quote on my show because. Uh, Ago. When you look at the averages, and I know averages aren't everything in baseball, especially in, in 2020. When you look at the averages in the St. Louis Cardinals starting lineup, you can't help but just get kind of sad because there's only one above 260 or above 270, and that's Paul Goldschmidt. Everybody else is mid to low 200s, and depending on the day, if you have O'Neill and Carpenter in there, they're like a buck 80 or a buck 90. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know the, it's a first start within the, the 2020 postseason, but the lack of ability to, to score runners, they were uh, in the bottom five 
five positions in the league with one scoring position this year. Um, and they left like they left the most winners on base in the last week of the season or something like that. I saw us that this this team is just an inability of getting people on, getting them over, and getting them in. Because this is not a slugging mm-hmm. team. This is not this is not a home run hitting team. Their biggest home run threat, Paul Gold, has not hit a home run since September the twelfth. That's as long as as a Cardinal career team. And when you don't hit home runs, you have to find other ways to manufacture. And this team did not do a very good job of that this season. And just the offense beyond the headlines. When you look at just baseball stats objectively, the Padres have the advantage here. Yeah, I mean, uh, I yeah, it makes me feel good for you to say that. I agree. <laughs> I think that it's it's very, um, you know, it's kind of it's one of those not a small ball team, but, but almost kind of like that, right? Where it's just not right. many guys on this team offensively that I would be too scared of. Obviously, you got Goldschmidt, who's been probably the most underrated superstar in baseball for the last like decade or something like that. Um, he's just been really great. And yeah, the power isn't necessarily there, but on base, the, the batting average is great and it's an on base team. Sure. It's not better than like the Padres, but it's certainly like got some guys who can maybe, you know, mm-hmm. get a, get a walk or two every now and then and whatnot. So yeah, I mean the Padres offense is something that, you know, has been in a little bit of a slump, but I'm hoping that the momentum they got from this, uh, the end of the San Francisco series, this, uh, dubiously called from an umpire perspective uh yeah i saw that series, final I might strike add. recall yeah. yeah it was uh it was interesting it was interesting oh um, my goodness. So i felt a little bad for the giants um yeah. but like for the offensive perspective i mean the Padres just have all these guys that, like there's always a hero of the day for them you know even guys like jerks and profar who haven't been playing as much lately, which I think is unfortunate because Mitch Moreland has not been very good. He's basically regressed completely uh, from the the torrid, just incredible start that he had uh, with the Red Sox. Gabriel Star would not be happy to hear that. No, she would not. You know, she was <laughs> pitching this guy like he was, you know, the second coming of Hank Aaron. He's like, you just, you just looked out. You got a beast. <laughs> and my thing is, look, he could still come with some hits. I like having some veteran kind of bats who have been there before. So, look, you could do worse mm-hmm. than having Mitch Borland. And then Jerks' profile has been great. And then in terms of, like, bad offensive players, the team doesn't really have any. Guess what? Austin Hedges, he's finally gone. Okay, so you don't have to worry about a guy hitting, you know, a buck 30. You know, then you've you've got Hosmer, Cronenworth, Tatis, Machado, and Will Byers, and Trent Grisham, who I think might be the most underrated offensive player uh, on the team probably this year. Just takes a lot of pitches, got a decent amount of pop, too, uh, gets home runs when you need them, and just, just walks a lot. And he's also super young which a lot of people right. forget. I mean, without Tatis, you know, like I think that Padres fans are like, oh, Trent Grisham. You know, that's the one that we're getting <laughs> excited about. Um, right. So it just goes to show you how good Tatis has been. But yeah, from an offensive perspective, it's been it's been a dream, my friend, just to see this team that oh, we're down by five after two innings. Whatever. You can still come back. It's not a big Let's deal. Let's go win this game, right? Yeah. Grisham was the right fielder in the Milwaukee-Washington wildcard game last year, right? That Yeah, the he's the right one there. who made the infamous error, yeah, which is... One of the things I said uh, upcoming into the season where, you know, one of the fears, a lot of people, their most defining uh, memory for Trent Grisham, this guy that we just traded for, is the big blunder he had in the playoffs. And while he's made like a couple of blunders, especially early on in the year, um, some bats against the Dodgers and some other teams defensively, he's basically filled in for center field and been pretty excellent. So he, uh, from a defensive perspective, Grisham is definitely a surprised me a little bit just i didn't know for sure if he was going to be a true center fielder and he's absolutely been that Um, basically ever since the first you know nine games of the season he's been basically mistake free 
Well, that that's good to hear because that's the you know a tough reputation to live down. I mean, we know how, what Bill mm-hmm. Buckner is remembered for, so um, definitely a tough thing to live down. Mm-hmm.